It's Saturday, August the 4th. Welcome to Edinburgh. I'm Ewan Spence, the Edinburgh Fringe podcast and radio show. Today, without the radio bit, here we go. I mean, it's not a huge amount of energy in that opening, is there? It's just like, we're almost, but not quite there. I'll have it sorted by Monday. Yeah, it's our previews. The launches are all done and dusted, packed away. We've seen what the venues have to offer. Now it's time to see the performance take to the stage at the largest arts festival in the world, the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, but before all of that, I have to say congratulations to my wife, uh, who took to the stage, well, they did the big outdoor arena last night, as one of the choir opening the Edinburgh International Festival and the Five Telegrams show. Yay! Uh, of course, there's international festival going on. There's everything else, all the other festivals going on in Edinburgh as well. But we are here to talk about the Fringe. We'll keep a half an eye on other things as well. A full podcast and radio shows are going to start on Monday. Remember, it's not live this year. Don't come along to the Rose Theatre expecting to see everything recorded in person like you have for the last couple of years. Not happening we are monday through friday 30 minutes a day um all on the pre-records as well uh so myself and the team at fringe review who are helping out this year are going to be bouncing around edinburgh with microphones stopping off in venues and clubs and bars and coffee shops and upside down purple cows and stuffed into the sides of radiator panels wherever you're going to find a show you'll find the microphones of myself and the team uh so uh radio 6 international gonna be helping out with our radio stuff radio 6.com will be where you can hear us online and broadcast around scotland and around the world online of course as always edmurfringe.thepodcastcorner.com and facebook.com slash edmurfringe podcast easy enough to find today is really just for the online crew to go over some of the changes from previous years we've got fringe review helping us out uh with the interviews out uh, we're cutting down the, the the length of the show uh, in midweek and there are no live shows keep all of that in mind but just to go over those and also to introduce you to paul levy and his team at fringe review uh, i'm gonna have a chat with him in a moment although through the wonderful world of chronology and editing uh, it was actually two days ago uh, but there you go magic of radio podcasting Shh, the secret don't tell anybody um after paul uh, we'll let him after after Paul, after the interview with Paul, Paul is going to be let loose uh, to do some of his uh, first interviews. He's going to be heading over to the new PQA venue at Riddles Court and speaking to uh, Pauline Quirk and Steve Sheen about the new space, the nature of fame, the transition from acting to running over 150 acting academies in the UK and offering everyone there the chance to perform at the Fringe. And after uh, that, um, I will be speaking to Fringe podcast stalwart Ian Kendall. In fact, Fringe stalwart Ian Kendall himself at these 11 First fringe. Uh, why he's actually on a boat to Norway for half of, the, half of August, who can blame him? Uh, and we uh, make sure to take off some of the jokes from our respective fringe bingo cards. The Royal Mile. The Royal Mile in the most unusual configuration possible. And joining me to look at this majestically impressive site, Paul Levy of Fringe Review. Welcome, Paul. I've just noticed for the first time they sell tartan scarves on the Royal Mile. I hadn't noticed that. You, you know what else you notice? You can see the ground here. It's still, you know, we aren't completely filled it with jesters and clowns and fire throwers and jugglers. There's an actual street underneath all of those people. Yeah, there's one poster on the poster boards at the moment. This is like an emaciated place, so you can tell it's the start of the Fringe. 
can't you? There's one on that one which we can, which looks like it's a news review poster because you know that's what you do. And there's one that's fallen off on that one over there. It's very interesting. But it's a different energy week zero, isn't it? Indeed, yes. We're pretty much through the main press launches, uh, but I wanted to grab up Paul because Paul is this year playing a very important role in this podcast. You are Mr. Safety Net. Well, I am in that we've wanted to do this for a while. You and Spence, you call yourself a storyteller, and that's exactly what you are. And Fringe Review's been collecting stories for a long time. We've noticed that people read less, and they're not wanting to watch more. They're wanting to listen more, and we've noticed that, that more people listen to our interviews. So the chance to share some of those on your billion-selling podcast just is not to be missed. The word billion is wrong, the word selling is wrong. But apart from that... (laughs) Yeah, so there's going to be an opportunity to find those interviews, interviews with theatre makers throughout the Fringe on Fringe Review, and also on the podcast. Yeah. So effectively, as you know, there's a slight change in how the podcast is working this year. We're no longer doing it uh, a live recording for one hour. It's uh, 30 minutes uh, going through Monday through Friday with interviews out and about. And uh, Paul and the whole Fringe Review team um, are we're, we're partnering up and you're going to be our reporters on the ground from the front lines, from the trenches, from the bars and the clubs. And, the- and there's more of us than you, you're in. And, you know, last year, year before, you look like you're going to explode with the adrenaline of doing this live every day. So we want to help yeah, out. Yeah. I'm also not allowed to explode this year. I've got yeah. to take things calm, not break my body. Quite right, too. And also there is something different you can get from looking back over an interview you've done. I mean, live has got a certain energy about it, but actually listening to an interview that was had is I think a bit different too so it's going to change the podcast a bit and the great thing about the podcast is if we go back every three or four years it kind of goes through this reinvention and we've we've had we've now had three or four years of doing it live doing it at fixed time every day now we're just trying something else and that, that involves me having a slightly bigger team and as I don't have a big enough team I've borrowed balls yeah, and also, but I would say it's interesting too because I'm interested in learning what that's going to do to Fringe Review, being more out and about. We tend to sit down and talk to an hour for somebody. Five minutes is going to be a good challenge for us. Five? I've asked you for eight. Eight, okay, well, you know. <laughs> I thought five, if we go for five, it'll be ten, so. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. That's always a good one. Anyway, set the signal. Fringe Review, how long, why, when, what's it doing? So Fringe Review began in 2006 when I was so furious at a review of a show in Brighton that had come up to Edinburgh and been, I won't say the publications, but they absolutely blasted it, not about the show also, from coming up from the south, is that um, I, I asked a friend um, who was a writer just to completely objectively go and review it, and I said I'd put it up on a website that I just bought for 99p called Fringe Review, and the plan was to only have one review, that if he liked it, it would go up on that site, and he really did like it, and there was a one review website that was going to close down but as I arrived in Edinburgh my 10 foot long mobile phone started ringing saying are you fringe review so we got some theatre people to uh, try and write objectively too from that peer perspective and to cut the long story short that just grew and grew and now it's a hobby out of control because you rather famously you don't do stars that's right we don't do stars and actually here's a bit of uh, hot news for for you um, we've got even more what we call banners now so there's going to be about 15 phrases that will describe a show according to the reviewer um, and certainly we don't believe that stars help anymore well, some people do of course but we decided to to not do them as there are so many other stars and as even as the fringe starts you can see posters all the way up uh, where George Square is and they've already got stars all over them from last year and everyone's got four or five stars from somebody well I love the fact that about two weeks ago uh, 10 days before the Fringe preview started, there was already in a major, major London published newspaper, the 10 hot comics of the Fringe this year. And I'm like, 
they're still not completely doing their sets yet. No, and that, that is another issue, is that would you trust a com- comedian who already had five stars for their show from somewhere else? Of course you would. And so that's why, in the end, this thing just implodes in the end, if everyone's just seeking stars, and that they don't count if you played just a month before in Glasgow. This is just crazy. We're trying to help people find out what to see, and the stars just explode, and you can't really see. It becomes a kind of fog. And what does it do for the performer? Because famously there are times where you won't post a review, but you will write it and give it as feedback privately. That's right. If you seek stars, you won't get them from us. If you're a narcissist, stars are lovely. You want them all plastered over your body. But with us, what you'll get is an attempt to describe the show in a constructive way. And we call ourselves a good fringe guide. We write about what we find and we can't see everything. Um, And then we write as detailed as possible. Some of our reviews are longer than the shows about what we're tasting, what kind of cuisine this theatre is. Uh, And the point there, though, of course, is that sometimes when the show isn't quite working you're not going to publish that but you will go back to the performance go can we be honest with you yeah, and a lot of those shows ask for that feedback it's done privately peer-to-peer and i'm not saying everyone else should do that but we've got enough experience now it sounds a bit pompous but we are we love the fringe and we love work and we want to see it improve and you've got people who are in the industry who do that for a living also doing the review we've got very established well-regarded um theatre writers directors producers who could give feedback on your show and you couldn't pay for that and it's free mad fool this is why this is why we're still stuck here with cheap coffee we're, we're grumpy old men in a cafe looking over a fairly empty raw mile knowing what's gonna come next over the next month is chaos don't you love it I do, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just waiting another poster to went up right now, and we would have got some free publicity because it would be like poster number three is this yeah, show, but not, it's not. We're not turning into the smashy and nicey of the fringe scene, are we? Please, no. <laughs> that would mean I would have to wear a silver mylar jacket and go. Let's rock. Does a lot of theatre for charity. <laughs> Bachman Theatre Overdrive. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to trying a different way of sharing our reviews. And I hope more people listen to them. Because what we write about isn't about us. It's about the brilliant work that's out there. Yeah, And we're going to be talking to people behind that, people who are doing that, and the people who are experiencing that over the next three weeks. As always, you will be able to listen to it on the podcast at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. You'll also be able to listen to it at 8pm and 8am Monday through Friday at Radio 6 International, which you'll find at radio6.com. Syndication partners around the world are also available. We're on the iFringe app. Once I pigeonhole Richard and remind him to kick the RSS feed off, and this year we'll be on Fringe Review. FringeReview.com. Paul Levy from Fringe Review there, uh, who's going to be helping us out, and you'll be hearing more from him and his team over the next month. Actually, you'll be hearing from his team over the next month. You'll be hearing from Paul right now as he heads over to PQA to interview uh, the organisers of the latest venue at the Fringe. We're here at a very exciting launch, a new venue, and I'm joined by... Pauline Quirk. A name you might have heard of, and... Steve Sheen, who you haven't. Okay. And um, I'm going to start with Pauline. Pauline, when you first started your acting career, did you ever imagine you'd be doing this, launching a big venue at the Edinburgh Fringe? Absolutely not. I started acting uh, 50 years ago. I'm 59 this year, yeah, 50 years ago. And I'm ashamed to say the first time we ever came to the Fringe was last year. Isn't that shocking? But you're creating a showcase for young people to 
this is the great end point for them, isn't it? An arrival point. Exactly. I mean, well, we never thought we'd have our own venue. That was not kind of, you know, in our wildest dreams would we be here at Riddles Court, which is absolutely beautiful. But, you know, the fact that our students... Um, up and down the country will be able to actually perform here at the Fringe mm. I mean obviously we've got our Edinburgh students here today and we've got our um, Glasgow students are going to be on as well but we've got uh, 11 academies Steve are going to be yeah. here this year Yeah, 11 academies performing and then we've got 6 principals doing their own shows and then 39 shows commercial In this crowded city how do you find and create a venue from basically nothing? It- it was a stroke of luck. I can't say it was genius. We were talking to C venues to try and take four or six hours from them, and that was becoming more and more expensive. We were walking round and round and round during the fringe, and this last year had a Lego arch outside, and it was a Lego exhibition, and I wandered in and said, why don't you a fringe venue? I've heard that like when you're kids, you build a big Wendy house or a den, <laughs> and it's a bit like that as a grown-up to walk around the space you've created here. Well, when Steve said that, he came back and he said... Um, We've got Riddles Court. I mean, Scottish Heritage has just spent five and a half million refurbishing this incredible building. And here are we, our first ever, you know, time at the Fringe doing productions. And we've managed to be here. So it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. In in this age of TV and films and computer games, isn't it amazing? Around the country, more and more kids are wanting to do drama. Well, because it affects... It changes your life, and with that, that sounds a bit kind of icky, but, you know, it does, especially we've got our teenage group here, you know, our red groups and all what have you. Um, they just feel part of something, and that's what everyone needs to be. They're enjoying themselves. Their confidence is getting better. That's why we started PQA. It wasn't about making stars of the future. Yeah. You know, there's too much of this whole celebrity thing going on, and I want to be famous. This is about kids having a good time, first and foremost. But they're also, you know, they're, they're going to work professionally. A lot of our children will work professionally. They have to know what to do when they when they get the job. So, so we're just delighted, really, that everyone's having a good time. And people that might know you from TV. You've got a big stage career too, haven't you? Oh, I've been around a bit, as they say. What uh, do, you, do you prefer the stage to TV? I mean, you can't do a second shoot, can you, when you're on stage? I'll be honest with you. I mean, we did two tours of Birds, and that was that was a couple of years ago. And I and I did it because I wanted to prove to myself I could do theatre, because it's not something that I've really done a lot of over the years. I'm, I'm kind of a, a TV girl. That's kind of how I started. But um, but I'm, oh. Sorry, everyone's going to be noisy. Sorry, lots of noises fine here. Don't worry. This is what happens at launches, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's our leaflets. Two yeah. days late, but we got them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always been a TV person, but I'm kind of like taking it easy now. I'm enjoying all what's happening with PQA, um, and I'm a grandmother now, and I need to enjoy my grandchildren. And so, so yeah, I'm having a lovely time. Yeah. But what do you do when someone's joined and they're nervous as hell and it's their first time at your first workshop or class? How do they go from that to what we're going to see today, which is completely confident, almost grown-up teenagers? It's, it's not pushing the kids. We've had lots of children. We have children from all walks of life sort of thing, you know, who have, uh, you know, confidence issues or, or what have you. We take it slow. We don't push them. Um, for instance, they'll start off maybe just doing stuff behind the scenes, so they're part of the group, but they don't have to actually perform. Yeah. So we just take it nice and... <laughs> what we're hearing in the background is absolutely fine. It's the noise of the premium. 
Um, and we get very used to the noise of the fringe. And the children up here have got to get used to that too, haven't they? Around the country, these might be very quiet venues with respectful audiences, but up here, they're going to have to get used to what we're hearing in the background, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to fight your corner. Yeah. And are the children wanting to end up on TV? Or are they coming saying, no, I want to end up on the stage? Well, we've got 170 academies. So we have a lot of children that come to us at the weekends. and, and You know, it, it's kind of maybe 50-50. It's not about making stars of the future. That's never been our aim. Yeah. It's for children to enjoy what performing arts can offer them, mostly particularly confidence, mixing with other children, mixing with like-minded children, and just giving themselves, for whatever reason, their sense of worth. Mm. As I say, we've never been about we're making stars of the future. There's mm. nothing makes me sadder than hearing an yeah. eight-year-old child saying, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be famous. Mm. For what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, these, these young adults are being professionally trained, so if they do decide to go into the industry, God help them, mm. take no notice, it's the best thing ever, um, <laughs> they will know what they're doing and will have a good time, and, and that, to me, is more important. When you're 13 or 14, you don't see any further than that. Mm. Final question, going live in a few minutes. Are you nervous or excited? Proverbial swan. What does that even mean? It means that I'm calm on the outside and there's a lot of pedalling going on underneath. Ah. Well, this is the excitement of the Edinburgh Fringe and I can't wait to see the showcase. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Pauline Corrick and Steve Sheen there from PQA and Paul Levy at FringeView.co.uk uh, for more uh, writings, uh, the extra top of body interviews and such like as well from Paul, FringeView.co.uk. Right then, uh, stalwart time. Um, old favourites, Ian Kendall and myself caught up earlier this day. It's the Edinburgh Fringe and there are traditions that happen and there are stories that happen and then there are surprises and the surprise this year is my next guest is not performing. Well, I sort of am performing, just not yet. Yeah, okay, no, actually, refuse it. My next guest is not performing and he means it. No, I've done that before as well. No, yeah, yeah. Ian Cannell joins me once more for the Fringe, far too many years at this game. And you're going off to Norway. I'm going off to Norway, yeah. My 27th year in the Fringe, so I, I don't feel so bad about not being here for the first couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm, I'm sailing away. But at some point you're going to pop back, you're going to do some of the street theatre and, and such like? Yeah, I'll be back on the mound for week three, doing the same same stuff. Right then, Fringe preview. Normally we go to people, why do you keep coming back to the Fringe? But let me ask you as an artist who has been there and done that and seen the highs and the lows and somehow not lost too much money. Why is the Fringe important to the arts? Wow, to the arts? Because it... Okay, fair enough. Uh, to the hips. To the hips, yeah. Why is it, the Fringe is vital. It's, it's, it's essential because it is a launch pad for so many people. If I, it, To be blunt, if I look at light entertainment in the UK today, 70% of them I knew in the 90s when they were just starting out. So it's, it's, it's vitally important. Does it still have that cachet? Because there's going to be a lot of talk over the next three, three or four weeks of the big venues and the stars not being here and people going off to Montreal so they can get the Netflix contract instead of playing three weeks at the bottom of Sneaky Pete's. 
Is it, does it still have that cache? Is it still that powerful? I don't know if it's that powerful, but there is definitely a... I think the cache is the right word. People do Edinburgh. I mean, there are five or six different fringes in the UK alone now. And I think Edinburgh is still the daddy. It's still the big one. You've got Adelaide, you've got Edmonton, you've got Montreal. But I still think there is a kind of badge of honor for people to have done Edinburgh for the first time. So what was your Edinburgh like after the first time? What did Edinburgh give your career now that you can look back on it? Do you know what the... The main thing it has given me is a laboratory for 20-something years where I was able to develop an awful lot of material. And now in my current career on cruise ships where you have to have a lot of material, I am very lucky in that I have been able to work that stuff out in front of an audience and had a good time and met some of the best friends of my life. Okay, so you're going to have a lot of people coming up to Edinburgh the first time early in the days in their careers. Best bits of advice for them? Uh, Take a lot of vitamin C, at least 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day. Take at least one hour a day to get away from the fringe, go to the museum, climb off the seat. And thirdly, don't believe reviews. That's because a review is only somebody's opinion. That's it. Don't, don't sweat it. Right, okay. Now, how many times have we done interviews for the podcast now? Um, a lot a, a lot now we've got a checklist around here somewhere um, long running career we've mentioned that yeah yep yep uh, we've mentioned what you're doing now which is you're going up to Norway yep yep <laughs> you, you know it's going through a heat wave just now it's yeah we're going through the heat wave yeah and the last one is we've got to mention that thing about that venue and that place yes so I did many many years in a venue called the zoo and we're probably talking about was it 27 maybe 27 or 28 on one show, about 12 minutes before the end of the show, the door opens and a woman comes in and apologetically walks in and sits down in the one remaining seat because it was sold out. And she had gone to the taxi driver and said, I'm going to a show at the zoo. And the driver had taken her to the zoo, logical park in Kostofen, who then turned her away and she got another taxi back to see the last 12 minutes. So the... the Which is a zoo on South Side. Yes. So basically that is the, the perennial story. I had somebody go to the wrong park. <sighs> right. Done we, we've done everything. Apart from the mention where we can find you online in the wonderful world of social media. Um, Ian Kendall is the best search with two L's. Ian Kendall Magic on Twitter. I'm on Facebook somewhere, but I don't know where. That's about it. Take care. Same time next year? I think so. And with that, the curtain is up. Almost time to close the show, but I'll squeeze in a quick reminder of the rule of three. How to choose the shows you want to see at the Fringe. First one is choose one for yourself. Uh, name somebody off the telly, somebody you've seen previously in theatre or acting, something that you feel comfortable with. Say, oh, I went to the Fringe and I saw somebody that I really, really like all the time. That's good. That's almost like your banker show. That one's going to be good. Then trust the reviews. Somebody that you've seen or read in an online review or you've heard in an interview here on the podcast or in many of the other shows that are out there. In other words, that's other people's choices. Um, be guided by other people. If you trust other people and they say this thing is good, go and see that. That's show number two. Show number three, grab a French program and go, stop, stab your finger in. Choose something completely at random. Um, could be just the, the fifth fly you pick up off the wrong mile, something off the program, or you just literally turn around and go, where am I? 
Um, I don't know. I'll give the iFringe application out uh, and tell it I'm here. Well, you don't even need to tell it. Most smartphones know where they are nowadays. Um, and I'd like to go and see a show now, and it'll give you what is closest to you geographically, what's closest to you in time. Uh, get something completely random. Just go and see that. If you've got time to be longer at the fringe, just run the rule of three again. One for you, one from other people, one completely at random. That will give you a wonderful experience of the fringe. Thanks to, let's see, Paul Levy uh, and the team over at Fringe Review uh, for helping us out. And, of course, uh, Paul taking his time to chat with me earlier this week. Thanks to Pauline Quark and Steve Sheen as they launch Peak UA. Thanks to Ian Kendall, as always. Uh, thank you to all out there for listening as well. Remember, click the heart if you like us. Share the show link if you love us. I'm Ewan Spence. This has been the Edinburgh Fringe. We're back on Monday. We've got a lot of shows to see before that. So I'm back.